0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. Wonderful to have this opportunity for us to still get together each day on Search the Scriptures, open up God's Word, and dig a little bit deeper. Learn a little bit more. Think a little bit more reflectively, and again, in a little little deeper fashion how blessed we are to have this medium of radio to keep us connected during this very strange time that we're going through with this epidemic and pandemic. But you know, really, when you think about living in this world, every time is a strange time. We're talking about a place where we reside for a lifetime physically, but it's not going to be our eternal destiny. And so really, when we think about where we are now, This is not where our ultimate destiny is. We're looking forward to eternity with God in heaven, and so we want to live our life while we're here in this world in such a way that we will be pleasing to him, that we will demonstrate through our faithful dedication and daily lifestyle that we truly want to be with God for all of eternity. Now, it's not just going to work if we just wish that it will be, or if we just have this warm, fuzzy feeling in our heart, you know, that it's going to, to be that way, but we've got to live the life while we're here in this world. And this this world is all caught up in the darkness of sin and all of the consequences that go there therewith. There you think about what we're going through right now, and many people might kind of feel like this is the epitome of all of the horror or terribleness, all of the uncertainty, all of the heartache and sorrow and death and everything that, that the world could possibly see. But that's not the case. This is just the latest in a long string of events. And I've talked about on this program how we've had pandemics, we've had epidemics, we've had plagues throughout the history of mankind virtually. This is just another one in the long list of those kinds of events. But think about all of the wars that have taken place in this world. We've even experienced what we have labeled World War I and World War II. Global conflicts basically fought on a global scale but then think about all of the more localized wars and conflicts that have gone on and continue to go on throughout the world on a regular basis. Every day in this world really is a strange time. When we think about Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, well, Anytime we're living in this world, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death because as surely as a person is born, unless the Lord comes again first, that same person is going to die. Now, I've tried to emphasize and I've tried to comfort people through these radio programs and through other podcasts that... We do and regularly post daily at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ and through sermons that you can pull up from our website at churchofchrist.com. I keep trying to, to emphasize that, that this is not the end. This is simply another of those long series of events. But when you think about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, that's the reality of this world every day because people die all the time. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, it is appointed unto man to die once, but after this the judgment. So we're not going to escape physical death in this world. Most of the people who contract the coronavirus, some of me, a great many of those never get sick, or if they get sick at all, it's just very minimally. And probably most of those who would test positive, never leave their homes, never have to go to the hospital. But even those who go to the hospital, even those who end up on ventilators, most of those end up recovering. Most everybody who tests positive, the vast, vast, vast majority recover. But as I've emphasized on this program and through our other daily lessons and weekly sermons and so on, Bible classes, they're still going to die. They're going to recover, but they're still going to die one day because it is appointed and man to die once. But after this, the judgment. And so we need to be ready for those two realities, physical death and then the judgment. And if we're not ready for the physical death spiritually, we've not lived the life that we should be living spiritually, then we're not going to be ready for the judgment to follow. And we want to be ready for that. We want to hear our Lord say, enter into the joys of the Lord, ushering us into heaven itself. If we don't live our lives in this world ready to die physically, if we have not walked with God consistently, committed, faithfully, obediently, then we won't be ready for the judgment to follow. And that will be a far greater tragedy than any epidemic or pandemic that this world has ever seen. We need to be ready. How are you living your life right now? Well, we want to make sure that we are ready. And so I do want to encourage you, go to our website at churchofchrist.com. You've got some extra time right now because of the restrictions that we're under. And even as in this state, we start to open things up again, we're still limited, quite limited as to our normal way of life. So go to our website at churchofchrist.com. You can click on the listen button. You can, pull, you can download and listen to numerous podcasts of spiritual lessons. You can go to the, the uh, articles uh, button. You can click on that. You can download all kinds of spiritually based articles. You can also download sermons and listen to those. Uh, Again, all that's for free. So you can really take advantage of your time. Now at the end of the program, I'll tell you how to contact us. And you can contact us and ask for the free Bible class, or the free Bible uh, study that we always offer. It's always free. We take care of the postage. You can also have a copy of today's program on CD. All you have to do is ask. Again, we'll take care of the postage. It's free. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and I'll give you that information in just a little while. I want us to begin a new series of studies this morning and this evening, depending on when you're listening, because we're on several times a day. I want to get across the point that it's time to stop running from God. It's time to stop running from God. The world right now is facing a reality that ought to impress upon everybody that it's time to stop running from God. But you know, again, once this pandemic is over, other things are going to happen. And just the reality of living in this life, as I've been emphasizing for a few moments now, that should convince us, that should impress upon our minds that it's time to stop running from God. People die every day on a normal basis. I was talking to my wife just the other day and we received word of somebody we know, a friend, also a member of the Lord's church, dying, not from the pandemic, but from a natural cause. You know, and I said to her, what a terrible time to lose a loved one, to lose someone you care about. You can't even have a funeral, not a regular funeral. How tough that must be on the family who lost that loved one. I just several weeks ago lost my elder brother. And upon reflection, speaking to his widow a few weeks later, I said, you know, and and I said something along the line, I believe that I, I don't want this to sound you know, macabre or uncaring or flippant, but if he had died one week or at least two weeks later, I'm not sure anybody could have come to the funeral who would have had to have traveled. Because by that time, we were moving very close to things shutting down and having restrictions of all kinds placed upon us. And she understood completely. It's a very strange time. But again when this is all over people are still going to die that's part of the reality of living in this world in this physical life so it's time to stop running from God Jesus extended the great invitation in in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 he said come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Think about that. Jesus offers us. He's not talking about physical rest. He's talking about spiritual rest. Rest for your souls he says. We're talking about a rest that Mankind who does not walk with God does not experience. And ultimately, we're talking about eternal rest with him in heaven. Rest for your souls. But you see, the condition is, Jesus says, come to me. It's time to stop running from God. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30, Jesus said this and this really should come across in a stark way to us. It ought to be a wake-up call Jesus said He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad Now think about what the implications of that is He made that statement he who is not with me is against me now most people would say, well, I'm with Jesus. Oh, I I love the Lord. Oh, I have such faith in him. Are you walking with him in faithful obedience consistently every day? Is your life centered in Christ? The Apostle Paul made a 180-degree turn in his life. He had been an enemy of Jesus Christ. He had been a severe, violent persecutor of the Lord's church until confronted on the road to damascus by the lord himself and then spending three days i'm sure in diligent prayer and contemplation realizing all of a sudden that he had been against his savior he had taken exactly the wrong course that he should have been living and then ananias sent by the lord himself to go and teach saul came to him, confronted him, challenged him and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22 and verse 16. Well, he was confronted all of a sudden. Everything he realized, or he realized that that the basic direction of his life in persecuting the church Though he believed in God, yet he was not walking with Jesus. He did not accept Jesus as the Savior and Lord, the Son of God. And suddenly he realized he had been absolutely 100% wrong in that matter. And he had to embrace the Lord whom he had tried to compel people to blaspheme against. He needed to become a christian which he had before that point loathed the idea of christianity he had hunted down christians persecuting them putting them in bonds taking them to prison and voting for their execution and now suddenly He needed to realize, I've got to become a Christian. How he had to change. But you see, people who say, oh, I love the Lord, but they're not living for the Lord. They're not living by his teachings. They're not living a righteous life, a godly life. Their life is not focused on their spiritual well-being, but it's focused on their physical and emotional needs in their minds. So they want to satisfy themselves physically. They want to satisfy themselves emotionally rather than giving proper attention to their spiritual life, which is the most important part of their life. So when they say, oh, I'm walking with the Lord, uh uh-uh, no you're fooling yourself. You're probably not fooling very many people around you and you're certainly not fooling God. It's time to stop running from God. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. We could think of a, of a classic example of someone running from God. Now well, You're not going to see that particular phraseology, but the sense is there. We find... Saul of Tarsus, after he had become a Christian, years later, after he had become a gospel preacher, after he had become a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. Imagine that. You talk about a changed life? How could a life change any more radically than Saul of Tarsus, the exceedingly enraged enemy of the church, as he had described himself in one particular text of scripture. Now, being an apostle of Jesus Christ, he had compelled people. You might get the idea there of certainly intimidation, but perhaps also torture. Compelled Christians to blaspheme the name of Christ. And now he upheld that name. He lived for his Lord. He walked with his Lord. He's in jail under Roman custody. In Acts chapter 24, the Roman governor was a man named Felix. And Felix knew something about Christianity. And he was intrigued to the point that he wanted to listen to Paul. And so he brought his wife and he gave Paul an audience. He wanted to hear what Paul had to say. And so in Acts chapter 24, beginning with verse 24, we read this. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Oh, what Paul was preaching, teaching, on that particular occasion, was hitting home with Felix. Paul was preaching about righteousness, self-control, judgment to come. Felix was afraid, and he sent Paul away. He didn't want to hear any more on that occasion. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Now, the text goes on and said that he gave Paul audience a number of times. But Paul was still a prisoner. And when Felix referred to that potentially convenient time, we don't find that he ever found the time to become a Christian, to give his life to the Lord, Prayerfully, hopefully, somewhere along the line he did, but it's not recorded in Scripture. So we're left wondering. Felix needed to stop running from God. He was living a life that was not one living in righteousness, godliness, self-control, and he needed to change. He needed forgiveness. He needed to walk with the Lord. He needed to quit running from God. We go back to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. We find the people of God, at least that's what they were supposed to be, but they had become, for the most part, very ungodly. Instead of being dedicated to God and worshiping God alone, well, they tried to mix belief with God and worship of God with belief in idols and worshiping idols and calling them gods, lowercase g, and praying to them as though they were deity. They were just statues. They were just pieces of rock, stone, metal, wood carved into some kind of image. And they were calling those gods. Now, does that sound absurd, ludicrous? Does that sound rational at all? But that's the way of the state of things for those who were supposed to be God's people during that time. And so God had brought a drought upon the land. And of course, drought brings famine and all kinds of related difficulties, realities that go therewith. The drought had lasted for a long time. And then God sent Elijah, his prophet, to the king of Israel and told him, gather the people and gather these false prophets of the idols that you're worshiping and bring them to Mount Carmel. And so Ahab, the king, did that. In verse 20 of 1 Kings chapter 18. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, the people in other words, and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Now, these would have been the prophets of Baal and the other idols that the people were worshiping. And Ahab and his queen were very influential in leading the people into the worship of idols. As so he gathers the people together. He gathers these false prophets of the idols together on Mount Carmel. And verse 21 says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. Now basically, in contemporary terms, Elijah was telling the people, how long, are you going to quit, how long are you going to keep straddling the fence? How long are you going to keep trying to go down the middle of the road, straddling the line while cars are rushing at you from both directions? How long are you going to try to not make the commitment one way or the other? If you believe in God, then follow God. If you don't believe in God and you believe Baal is the God, then follow him. But make up your mind. And key was the reaction of the people, because at the end of verse 21, we read, The people answered him not a word. Now, based upon the thrust of our study, we could say Elijah was trying to get the people to understand it's time to stop running from God. You've got to make up your mind considering what's going on all around us right now, in our reality today, we need to make up our mind and stop running from God. We're going to come back and look at a number of examples from the scriptures about people who we could identify and relate to as trying to run from God. So be sure to continue with us in this study want to encourage you. Write down that information I'll give you in just a few moments and contact us. Ask for the free Bible study. You can have a copy of today's program on CD. And again, we'll take care of the postage. We'd love to hear from you right away.